Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever you're doing, walking the dog, going for a run, sitting in your home, staring at the fireplace. Welcome to the Portland Business Podcast. I am Brian E. And today joining me is Ed Fredenberg with Basis Point, more friendly referred to as Ed Fred. Ed, hello. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks, Brian. Good to be with you. <laughs> you bet, man. So for those who don't know Ed and his business, um, Ed, tell me a little bit about what Basis Point is and what, what your role in the Portland community is. Sure. So Basis Point um, processes electronic transactions. So um, help businesses accept payments from their clients, face-to-face, online, e-commerce, in any way that they want to take payments, ACH, Nice. So for a guy who would know kind of the heartbeat or the the flow of blood, so to speak, in or out of the business, you are the guy, right? I mean, you're seeing what people, how businesses are truly affected, what's going on right now. Yeah. um, I've got a storefront in Southeast Portland. The traffic has pretty much stopped down here. Uh, There's no cars parked on the street, just like anywhere else in Portland, but from a uh, business perspective, seeing businesses from retail, wholesale, uh, restaurant, hospitality, quick serve, um, e-commerce, any of those businesses, I can I can tell you stuff has come to a grinding halt. Wow! Even on the e-com side, you're seeing some some slowdown. Yeah, so retail is pretty much gone, with the exception of anybody that's in food service mm-hmm. and medical. Got uh, it. So that, that stuff's gone. There are some uh, you know, um, gas stations, obviously, are still going because cars are still on the road. There's some repair stuff still being done. But um, for the most part, uh, the fine dining stuff has stopped. There's yeah. – uh, hit or miss on pizza shops. So quick serve. Some of them have just closed their doors completely. Others have stayed open and wow. are called gangbusters. So what do you think about that? The quick serves have closed their doors. Do you think that was a, a smart move or what? what yeah, I, can, I can take both sides of that coin, right? So mm-hmm. for the business owners that are listening to their employees, employees that are saying, Hey, look, we're two feet apart from each other in the kitchen. And we have clients coming up to the door every day and we're, we're still in real close contact with each other and with people in the community. This just doesn't feel right. And so those business owners who have listened to those employees issues, they've, they've shut their doors and I can, I totally support that. Um, On the other hand, the business owners that are, feel like they're providing a vital service of food to their community and have figured out a way to stay open while helping their employees protect each other from the virus and their clients from um, that as well. I support that as well. But um, I just think it's each individual business owners um, and, opinion and, and uh, decision to do what they think is best for their employees and their business. Oh, yeah, completely agree. And I was reading an article maybe a week or two ago. Um, I don't know if it was Portland Eater or there's a couple of, but I believe there are a couple of restaurants where 
the chefs or someone in the kitchen have contracted the coronavirus and now there's at least one death from it. So for the business owners that hundred percent of their, um, their employees are their most important asset or part of their business. Mm-hmm. I think those, those folks are making the decision to close their doors. Yeah, no doubt. And no. I, I think that that's, that's the right move is to have employees be the heart and soul of your business. They're the most important part of it. Agree a hundred percent. Well, today I asked you to come on <clears throat> to really give some value and, and insight to local businesses. What I see in different medias, whether it be Facebook or other podcasts, people are talking about what businesses can do in this downtime as to me, my fault or my actions so far have been to brainstorm with while you have some downtime, what can you do to prepare for when there isn't downtime? But today I asked you to come on because I know you're kind of the wealth in terms of well, what, what's the spigot for the business? Like what, what are the programs or where you hear a lot about the, um, the care act, the SBA loans. There's, there's a shit ton of, of stuff flying around. And I wanted you to help me distill it down and, and give out to the audience your kind of the, the reader's digest bullet points of what, what is what in the world of money for the business. Yeah, sure. So it, it, we're all just getting barraged with stuff coming across our, our uh, inboxes, right? From everything that we subscribe to, everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's got um, ideas of what you should be doing. Plus there's all the scammers out there that are, are uh, starting to fill the inboxes too with, if they see an opportunity where to um, make a quick buck and lure somebody into a stupid loan, then they're going to take that. But um, yeah. so from, from the perspective of, hey, I'm a business owner. My business is 100% uh, based on the success of my clients. So if my clients aren't processing anything, guess what? I have zero income. Um, if they're doing really well, then yeah, I have a little bit more income. So for me to, um, it, it behooves me to pay attention to the legislation that's passed and the ability to um, figure out how to put money into my business to sustain it for when things do improve um, as long as possible. So I've done a lot of research on the CARES Act, um, trying to read the 800 page legislation is mind numbing. Um, but there are also, there are several companies out there and organizations that are, that can provide really good summaries. Um, there's one called Nagel, which is the North American association for government lenders. So they've taken the 800 pages, summarized it into 12 pages and put out a bunch of information on it. And their primary audience are the government lenders, the banks that have that have SBA loans going out to their constituents or their their communities, right? Um, not necessarily you and me, but the banks. Um, that said, that information is available, and you can you can read their summary and what it means and. So at the end of the day, the money that the government has the holds the purse strings on is our money, right? So um, our elected board of um, directors in the form of 
senators are figuring out that, hey, we need to put some money into the pockets of the people. And, and how are we going to do that? One is going to give everybody a check, right? If you don't make a certain amount of money, you get 1200 bucks. But businesses and small businesses in particular um, are the lifeblood of a lot of communities, Portland being one of them. And so how are they going to get money into the hands of those folks? Sure. And then re so reading the summaries, one way is that anybody that's got a SBA 7A loan is going to, at least the intention of the, what I've read is that the SBA lenders are supposed to pay the next six months of the principal and interest on any of those 7A loans, as long as you're a small business and meet those requirements. And then another function is that PPP, the payroll protection plan, um, which in my opinion, based on what I read, the intent is for businesses, keep all your employees on, keep paying them and fill out an application and the SBA through your lender will cut you a check and uh, you won't have to pay it back. Nice. So we've got a, if you have an indebtedness to the SBA, the Small Business Administration, in terms of a small business loan, you've got some forgiveness on that. And then we've got some funds so you can keep having payroll running. Am I Correct. Tracking with you right on? Okay. Yep. So you hear yeah. a lot about um, credits and loans, and it seems like there's, there's a multitude of things we're talking about when we move to the next step of various business loans and credits or tax credits that are going to occur. Sure. Yeah, so they gotta, they got to keep track of it somehow, so they put it in the form of a loan, and part of that's going to be forgiven in the term in a, as a grant, but some of it okay. is used for specific, it's used for payroll, that portion apparently is going to be forgiven, at least that seems to be the intent of it. If it's used for rents, um, utilities, that kind of stuff, then it appears to be forgiven. If it's used for other items, which you have to prove what it's used for, then you're going to be asked to pay that portion back. Mm -hmm. And the interest rate seems to be really low. And that can't be higher than 4%. And you have 10 years to pay it back. Oh, man. So you have a long time to, to recoup that money. So given you have 10 years to pay it back, what's the, is there a, a ceiling? Are you just, you ask them for how much you want or need? Or where's the, where's this, this guideline coming or yeah, is there so a the guy, that's say. part of the the advice that the SBA say that again? No, I I'm sorry, I lost you for a second. You said the part of the advice the SBA gives and then technology. Yeah, so that's part of the uh, the lenders are all waiting for the SBA and Congress to give advice on how it's supposed to be handled. It seems it. like in the wording of the of the bill that they intend to give people, give businesses four months of um, payroll. Okay. However, in the application that's come out, the application asks you for your monthly payroll um, and then you multiply that by two and a half times. So oh. uh, at the end of the day, it's two and a half months worth of payroll and the half seems to be the utilities and rents portion of it. So it looks like eight weeks of payroll flowing through the SBA, through the lenders to businesses to keep their employees on. 
And then there's a whole lot of verbiage and uh, information about tax credits, when payroll taxes are due, blah, 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 blah. So, um, so all I, that stuff seems to go hand in hand with delays on paying that stuff. Sure. I'm going to take one step back to your two and a half times figure because I think there's a lot of misinformation going around about that number. I have read and seen posts from people. So let me, let me pause myself and step backwards. I have seen people conveying their perception that, hey, I'm going to get two and a half times my gross receipts for, as part of this, this act. And that is not the case based on what you've said. Uh, no, the two and a half time, well, right on the application, which is, it just came out and it's available on the SBA website. The, um, there's a section for two and a half times your monthly payroll. Got it. And for the, all those listeners listening, we're going to have some show notes here to have some links for the, uh, SBA lending makes in Oregon. We're going to have a uh, PPP information sheet. We'll have the application linked up as well as the entire 800 plus page legislation. So if at 9.47 tonight, you have a massive case of insomnia that, that potentially could cure it. <laughs> so if you're, if you're jotting stuff down, you're like stopping your run and you're trying to write things down, like you don't need to keep running, check the show notes when you get back home and uh, we'll have some links in there. So, yeah, so when I first started looking at it, it sounded like it was going to be two and it, it was going to be the gross wages, the employer's contribution to retirement funds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rent that you pay, utilities, all of that times four. And then when it gets rolled out, what's on the application is gross monthly payroll times two and a half. Okay. So there's, there's potentially still some gray there, but it sounds like to, if you're, if you're looking at some forecasting or, or where your business's cash flow is coming from, or if you're going to utilize this, the smart play here is look at your payroll. It's two and a half times and you're probably going to be safe and not sorry. Right. <clears throat> and this is expected to be, to hit businesses or be funded by when? You know, that's what I really can't, I don't know. I think they want to get money into the hands of business owners pretty quick. And it sounds like there's an option to get a $10,000 advance. If you follow some certain protocol, I'm not, um, not exactly sure how that portion works, mm -hmm. but the application should be banks should be taking applications Friday of this week. Oh, wow. How fast so, they can turn around. Dang. And getting back to that, um, S or that SBA 7A loan portion, it's supposed to be the next payment um, that banks are supposed to make those payments on. So SBA is a common acronym that's being used in this conversation. And SBA 7A loans, a type of business funding loan, and a lot of SBA loans are personally guaranteed. So where does the business owner stand in terms of this uh, CARE Act funding? Is there going to be some, some hooks in their personal assets down the road? Yeah, great question. Uh, based on everything that I've read, no personal guarantees. That's nice. Yeah. And no collateral. Um, okay. uh, so we're really having a good, uh, very good swing, so to speak, at the, uh, at the ball or the money to really get it back in the hands of the community and get it back in circulation to get things back up and running. Right. So yeah, the exchange is, hey, stop, stop operating your business, but hey, let's give you some of the money that you've paid into the system over the years and we'll pay back into the system over the coming years to 
keep your employees with funds in their accounts. So that when stuff does, when they are able to go back to work and in the meantime, be able to buy food, they can find toilet paper, buy some of that. Um, and there is one, one key deadline I read in this, which was June 30th. Um, being, being that you know, if you're submitting, this is how I read it. And so I want to have this discussion with you, Ed, that if you're, if you've laid off people or you, you felt the squeeze and you're, you're in that contraction mode, some of these, uh, forgiveness pieces of this program of the care act, they want you to bring people back and to be back functioning by June 30th. So in a pretty quick fashion, it yeah, reads like, It reads like they have a pretty an intention. They want you bring these bring bring your people back in. Like get it get the get it back going as quick as you can. Yep, that's my understanding of it. Is get the people back on the payroll as soon as possible. No doubt, man. Good stuff, Ed. Good stuff. <clears throat> what? So here's a, you don't know what you don't know. So what have I for? What did I not uh, notate well? And what have I not asking you? What am I forgetting? What am I leaving out? What am I missing? I don't. I think you're covering it pretty well. I mean, that's that's the gist of what I understand based on the summaries that I've read. Um, my perspective, it's it behooves all of us as business owners to not necessarily take advantage. I mean, take advantage is the wrong um, statement to use. Business owners don't need to take advantage of free money, right? It's money that. We've paid, as business owners, we've paid into our system, into our government, via taxes. Um, we're going to continue to pay into it, but uh, for those of us that want to keep our businesses afloat, it pays to have um, cash on hand, conserve so we can pay the okay. more big expenses that we have, mortgages or rents, loan payments, all of those things that keep our businesses alive and uh, the longer that we can hold out and while the curve is flattened and things start to turn back to normal and um, the better six better opportunity for success and keeping our business alive we have no doubt so if you had to give a listener three four two three four five six things they need to that you would say hey this is this is your action items what would you tell the audience right now yeah, first thing I would say is, hey, call your bank and uh, get in touch with the SBA lender at the bank that you have your business account at and get on their list. I talked to a banker yesterday and it's, it just got rolled out, right? So um, when I talked to the SBA lender that I've known for a while yesterday, he said, yeah, we've got 3,000 people that are on our list. Whoa. So think about it from their perspective, right? Okay, so here comes this influx of money, um, but now you've got 3,000 loan applications to process. Man, they have like a seven day window from last Friday to this Friday to get their process. So they're and supposed to start taking applications on Friday. Whoa. So the SBA lenders have to know from the SBA and Congress how they're supposed to apply this. The applications come out. It's available on the SBA website. You can fill out that application pretty easily. Um, I filled mine out already. I'm ready to go um, as soon as 
uh, banker gives me a call, I will nice. be able to turn that application in. But that would be the first thing I do. Okay, step one, call, the, call your bank. Call, the, call your bank, see if they're SBA lending. If they don't, ask them for a referral to a SBA lending bank that may take someone that doesn't have a business account at their bank. Nice. And I'll also include a, a link to a PDF in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure if your bank, uh, I got a good resource for you coming to the bottom of the show notes. Yep. That'd be the first thing. Second thing would be to uh, download that application, fill it out. And then third, just familiarize yourself with the CARES Act. It, okay. it's, it's a substantial piece of legislation. Um, again, Nagel is a company or an organization that has filled out, has completed a summary I got another summary from a company called, or not a company, but a, what do they do? It's Alignable. So they have one mm -hmm. that Senator Cardin completed. So they're all about 12 page summaries of my payroll company. They have a summary. Um, you can get a summary probably from your CPA. They've probably yep. done some work. Uh, familiarize yourself with the CARES Act and the PPP. Yeah. So, and for those listeners, Ed sent me a three-page, pretty simple one. I'll link that in the show notes also. Pay, paycheck Protection Program, the PPP uh, Information Borrower Sheet. It's pretty, Reader's Digest, three pages, pretty concise, and the, the, the basic nuts and bolts and skinny of the deal. Yeah. Okay. So, one, call your bank. Two, read the, read the PPP info sheet. You, you, know, you find one online through those resources, or there's one linked below. And what, what would you say next? Uh, the failure. Fill, fill out the application. Yeah, fill out the application. <laughs> Get that done. Yep, that makes total sense. <clears throat> so, you made a um, a choice of words I found interesting earlier, where you use the term "taking advantage" of certain things and rents and and other pieces. And by all means, and you can you can tell me if you want, and I'll I'll edit this. Which I hate editing podcasts. I'd rather just post them because I think there's there's a lot of humor and it's just going out. But um, Portland can be a controversial city, but we have a handful of things happening here in both the employee side and the rent side from, from general public. And I've seen a handful of things. And when I say I've seen, I'm referring to things people write on Facebook or blog or Instagram. They're usually cross-posted across different things. So I saw an Instagram post usually led to a blog post of somebody's opinion. And these opinions are... Um, you know, don't pay your rent uh, to your landlord to force the city or the state or the government to step in for rent abatement or some sort of rent reprieve. Care to share your thoughts or discuss that? Or is that a topic you want to avoid? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, these aren't necessarily business people saying this. These are a lot of the public, the majority of them are public citizens. People saying like, hey, um, you know, don't pay your rent. Like, even if you can, don't. Even if you can, don't. So yeah. I'm, I'm more of a, I guess, a rule follower in that regard. Because yeah, I have a mortgage. I'm paying my mortgage. Sure. Uh, if I can't pay my mortgage, I'm going to call my bank and say, hey, man, what can we do? Right. Um, rather than to stick a stake in the ground and say, I'm not paying rent. Don't join me in not paying rent. <laughs> and from that perspective, um, I, I guess my, my opinion is, uh, okay, whatever, but I'm just, I'm going to pay my rent. 
No, I, I totally agree. I think there's the one of the discussions that I uh, I wasn't part of the discussion, but I it was another podcast I listened to where it was a real estate based one talking about the landlord side. Like, hey, there's a lot of people that are talking about not paying their rent because they lost their job. And, you know, let's say you live in a three, four, five, ten plex and you know, you, you lost your job, but the guy next door to you works from home already. He remote, he's a remote worker and he's got money in the bank and he can pay his rent. You know, the, the building owner still has a mortgage to pay on the building or whomever. Like, how does that, how do those, those things coincide from the responsible, uh, I don't want to use the terms responsible and irresponsible, the person who's able to continue their debt obligation, the person who can't for whatever the reason is, for lack of preparation or for current circumstances. It just makes it really difficult to be able to draw the line between who's trying to game the system and who's not, right? Yes, so exactly. And that was where your, your those term. people that want to game the Yeah. After you, I'm sorry. For those, let's just assume kick those folks to the curb. Yeah, exactly. I can use the phrase taking advantage, which is, it just, it, it instantly in my head, I saw the flash of the couple of articles I've seen about rents and, and the contrast between multiplexes and, and in businesses that aren't paying their rent also. Yeah. So what I wanted to avoid was it coming across as, hey, take advantage of free money because it's not, <laughs> there's nothing free about it, right? right? We're all suffering. We're all paying a price and we're going to continue to pay a financial price for some time after this physical price that, uh, a lot of our community is paying as well. Correct. Oh, there's no, there's no question. I think that uh, part of the argument that goes with the, you know, pay me double or have the state step in and, and mandate you can't collect rent or mortgage or whatever for a period of time is that those dollars that are shifting and the, that shift of dollars comes from somewhere. And generally it's going to come down the road in the form of taxation. Like Absolutely. Come from somewhere, right? So if it's not directly out of your paycheck, it may be to your employer. So that shifts. Maybe you know the employer can have one less employee because that wage, that payroll amount needs to now account for a higher taxation rate to the employer. Exactly. Or property taxes, or <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're an employer. I know you. You just like myself. You get to see all these fifty-seven line items of TriMet tax and Eastside tax and county tax and yeah just uh, it just keeps going up no no doubt no doubt well ed i really want to say thanks so much uh your information is incredibly valuable you're a great resource and before i i end this is there anything that i've missed that you think uh needs to be hit on or or convey to the audience uh no i don't think so i just think that uh you know i just hope that business owners are able to um Get the funds that are out there that are available. Utilize them to keep your business open so that you are there on the other side. One last thing. This just, just flashed in my head. Uh, I've, known, I've known you for a while. You know me. I'm you know, moderately technology friendly. I'm a huge proponent of contactless payment like Apple Pay. Use your watch. Use your phone. Nothing touches anything. What are, what's your thought on that now, like today? I've seen it coming for a while. I've tried to encourage merchants of all kinds, whether they're my client or not, um, utilize contactless payments. It's yeah. super, it's super easy. Every 
terminal that's out there has the ability to accept contactless payments, especially if it's able to take a chip card. You can take a chip, you can yeah, take contactless. Correct. Um, and there's, I think it's Samsung Pay that has super killer technology that even if a uh, terminal can't take a chip card, that has this technology where it reads the magnetic strip and is able to process the transaction that way. So, um, so some of the business owners that don't necessarily, that aren't necessarily taking chip cards right now can still take contactless payments. Um, they just need to learn what Samsung Pay is and encourage their clients who have that technology on their phones to load their, load their credit cards on their phone. Yeah, no, or, or watch or smart device. No, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a huge proponent of, of that technology and I have been for a long period of time. I don't want to hand my card to somebody for a variety of reasons, skim, skimming the numbers, whatever. But now and today, like I don't want to go somewhere and hand somebody my card because like I just don't want you to touch my card. <laughs> right? It's a new, a new layer. Yeah, right, 90 days ago, I was worried about, yeah, worried about getting hacked. And- yeah. Now it's worry about getting Corona glitter all over you. So, uh, it's um, yeah, do it. And any business owner wants to know if a terminal can take uh, contactless payments, shoot me an email, tell you whether it can or not. All you got to do is call your merchant services provider, tell them what you want to do, tell them what the terminal is, have them build a file. You download the file. It's super simple. Nice. And you're up and running taking contactless payments. Nice. I will include Ed's email in the show notes as well. If somebody wants to reach out to Ed for a question uh, and yeah, get on, get up with technology, get contactless payments. It is in, in the past month, the uh, inside of how the, the, the piece of handing your card over has changed so much. Well, and did I lose you or are you still there? I'm still here. I just All didn't right. hear that my, no, sorry. Uh, we we got a, te- a technology there. there. Um, at any rate, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time and your information. And uh, listeners, until we have another episode, you guys have a great day.